0: to Conspiracy Club. I'm Tom and as always I'm joined by Amir. Say hello Amir.
1: Hello America
0: (laughs) and other countries. We got some uh, some listeners from all over the world.
1: Yes we do all over and most of the world.
0: Yeah you'd be surprised. Yeah not in the Middle East yet but we're coming. We're working on it. We've talked about some strange stories with kids from Bobby Dunbar to the the Pollock twins. And today we're going to talk about some more because we're going to talk about the Sodder children. Happy you doing this
1: because it breaks up me always doing an episode about kids right having something <laughs> you bad. You did do
0: both the it. other ones. All right, so let's let's get into it. George Sodder was an Italian immigrant who came to America as a child in the early 1900s. He worked on railroads and as a driver before starting his own trucking company in West Virginia. It was in the small town of Smithers that George had worked in previously that George would meet Jenny Cipriani, the daughter of a local shopkeeper who had also immigrated from Italy at a young age. George and Jenny would fall in love and eventually get married. The couple would find a home outside the nearby town of Fayetteville, a location known for the large population of Italian immigrants. It was a beautiful two-story timber-framed house that George and Jenny thought would be perfect to raise a family in, and in 1923, the first of their many children would arrive. At the same time, George's trucking business really started taking off, and their family became pretty well-respected in the area. However, George was also very opinionated and made some enemies in their community because he was very outspoken about his opposition to the then dictator of Italy, Benito Mussolini. Over the course of their time in Fayetteville, George and Jenny would grow quite a large family. They ended up having 10 children, with John Sodder, the oldest, being born in 1923, and Sylvia Soder, the youngest, being born in 1942.
1: I'm telling you, it's not liking him for being against Mussolini. I like that. For everything that I know happens later on to the kids, it 100% makes sense because now I know that there's ton of them. So you cannot keep your eyes on all 10 children. Something is going to
0: happen. Yeah, that's the, yeah, you have a militia right there.
1: Yes, you have a, a straight up a problem. <laughs>
0: On Christmas Eve 1945, the Sodders gathered just like many families across the world. The whole family was under the same roof, even John who had served some time in the military during World War II. There were presents wrapped under the tree, stockings hung over the mantle, cookies left out for Santa. Marion, the oldest Sodder daughter, had been working at a dime store downtown and had surprised her younger sisters with toys that she had bought. The younger children were so excited about Christmas morning that they begged their mom to stay up just a little bit longer. Jenny relented at around 10 o'clock and told them they could stay up just a little bit longer and reminded her sons Maurice and Louis to put the cows in and feed the chickens before they went to sleep. George and their two oldest sons, John and George Jr., had spent the day working and were so tired out that they were already sound asleep. Jenny grabbed Sylvia, just two at the time, and went upstairs to bed too. 30 minutes after midnight on Christmas morning, Jenny was woken up by their telephone ringing and she went downstairs to answer it. On the other end was a woman Jenny didn't recognize, asking for someone Jenny didn't know. Jenny told her that she had the wrong number and hung up, but something about the call was strange to her. She had heard what sounded like a party in the background with laughter and glasses clinking, and the woman had laughed strangely when Jenny told her that she had dialed the wrong number. Nevertheless, she hung up the phone and prepared to go back to bed. As she started heading for the stairs, she noticed that the lights were left on and the curtains weren't drawn like the kids would normally take care of when they stayed up late. She did see Marion sleeping on the couch, so she figured that her other children had probably already gone to bed in the attic where they slept. She thought that they had probably just forgotten to turn off the lights and close the curtains in all the Christmas Eve excitement. So she did this quickly and then went back to bed herself.
1: I, I'm not clicking on how she would think that these two things align right now. Cause she says she heard like a whole party going on in the background and that has nothing to do with if the house is quiet, maybe, I don't know. The house was quiet. I'm not seeing like the lineup of like, why that phone call would stick out to her like that. Like, Oh my God, it was such a weird phone call.
0: I don't think she thought about it as being strange probably until the future events happened. And then she was probably thinking about everything that had happened that night and was like, I don't know. That was kind of weird. Like, why were they up so late? This is like 1945, yeah. so people are staying up past midnight in 1945.
1: I guess it's one of those things where you're probably looking for something to yes. jump out to you.
0: yeah. And they definitely start to grab onto these threads as mysteries start to form. Just a half hour later, Jenny was woken up again by what sounded like a loud crash on the roof, followed by the sound of something rolling. She listened intently for a minute, but when she didn't hear anything else, she went back to sleep. 30 minutes after this, Jenny woke up again, but this time she smelled smoke. She started frantically searching the house and found that George's office was on fire around the telephone line and fuse box. Jenny ran back to her bedroom and woke up her husband. George got up and ran to wake up his older sons, John and George Jr. By this point, Marion, who was sleeping on the couch, had woken up too, and together they called up to the attic for the children, but didn't hear anything. They couldn't go up to check because the stairway was already completely engulfed in flames. They tried to use the telephone in their home, but it didn't work. So knowing they needed help and that there wasn't much else they could do right now, George, Jenny, Marion, Sylvia, John, and George Jr. all fled outside. Once outside, Marion ran to a neighbor's house to call the fire department.
1: She's terrible at her job.
0: Who? As a mom. Oh. The mom. If you hear
1: something crash in your house and then you hear a roll on your roof, I'm not going back to sleep.
0: Like, that's not a go back to sleep sound. It's Christmas Eve. Could have been Santa. shoot This is the start of uh, the Santa Claus. <laughs>
1: uh, like I think that's what her justification is, honestly, because that makes no sense. If you hear someone crash on your roof and then roll off of it, not even look out a window, like nothing, not even go down with like a little, like I don't know, a little musket. <laughs> so, y- like,
0: y- if you were asleep in your house and you heard like let's say it sounded like somebody throwing a ball under your roof and rolling down you'd be like I better go check that out at, le- at least at look least out look out the
1: window yeah like at least check the window that,
0: you know that's fair and you and you have kids too
1: like this is back in the day like maybe it's a admirer a out the window trying to get one of your kids like I don't know like look out of a window and go what the fuck is going on <laughs> what's happening Or did you hear that George like where's George wake him sound up he's still logs right next
0: to her <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah George
0: is I did think it was strange. So now Jenny's woken up multiple times by the telephone and the crash and the smoke. And seemingly she's the only person that woke up for these things. Yeah. So she must sleep incredibly lightly and everybody else is the deepest sleeper possible.
1: Plus you have 10 kids. If you hear a crash, you're automatically going to go, what are they doing down there? Right, or what are they doing up there? Like you're gonna go and want to know what's going on. That's like, a good point a because
0: they slept in the attic. If you heard a loud yeah. crash on the roof and then something rolling off, I'd be like, "Well, what are the kids up to? I better go make sure they're actually asleep because they stayed up." Yeah, late.
1: and no mother just goes, oh, "Let me lay back in the bed." Like no, they go like, "What the what's going on?
0: Hey, y'all better cut that shit out up there!" Like you get one of those. Well, you know, she's already had ten kids. Maybe she was just like, "All right, I'm going back to sleep. I'm just hoping it's nothing." That's
1: literally. I I felt like straight out. That's what it was. She got the she two year old, 10,
0: and she's like, like, I can't. I don't have the energy.
1: She pulled a Michael Jordan, man. Fuck those kids. <laughs> <and> went right. <laughs> went right back to bed.
0: I, I, I don't know. On a side note, I think it has to be like incredibly difficult to be like, I think our kids are upstairs in the attic, but the stairway is engulfed in flames, and you're like, well, nothing we can do. Let's leave.
1: I feel like she's part of this problem. Oh yeah. Like I listening to it it sounds like if you told me that she also the telltale signs of every id channel mistake here for people who don't know in the united states we have id channel which is like the crime drama channel they always go like and then cynthia took out a a large life insurance policy on her husband a week before he died if you told me she took out a life insurance policy on them kids i would believe you because this (laughs) just sounds so fake right now like oh the stairs just randomly it's just the stairs that you can't go up the stairs of everybody else can just get out of the house but the stairs where my kids are right i can't get to them oh no
0: well it's also worth noting here that i believe it was john has some conflicting reports um he initially said that he um stuck his head up to be like come on guys let's go downstairs like into the attic he climbed up there and to call to them and there was nobody up there and then later in his official like report to the police, he said that he never stuck his head up there because he couldn't get up there. So his story does change.
1: Hey, this sounds like the parental murder of the Sodders. Like this does not sound like somebody just snuck in and did a crime. Like Even if, if cause that has to be a lie anyway. Cause if you're a parent and the house is on fire, you're not just going to stick your head up there because you know how fumes work. A kid's going to not be able to wake up in some cases. They're mm-hmm. going to wake up, grab your kids, and say, hey, let's get out of here and go down the stairs. Unless you're living by the idea of, oh, we could just have another one. <laughs> We've you're already gonna had 10. Care. We can
0: just pop out a few more.
1: Yeah, we can pop out five more. Yeah, just replace start over. Them.
0: yeah,
1: that's insane to me. This sounds mm. like a straight up lie at this point.
0: What do you think about the phone being down?
1: The phone being down once again can connect to the shit rolling down inside the roof outside. You think so? At that well, if something's outside. So if I don't know if the phone line is outside too, if the phone line's outside too, then if there's already someone outside, maybe I would just assume that it's that. Or it could also be two parents who don't want these kids anymore. (laughs) And (laughs) and times are getting hard. And this is back in the day where you just got rid of them. You didn't, you didn't have adoption.
0: Meanwhile, George and his family completely barefoot and in their pajamas, right away, thought that maybe they could use a ladder to get into the attic to rescue the other children, but they could not find it anywhere. George was getting desperate, and so he tried climbing the outside of the house, but it was simply too tall and difficult. When that didn't work, he tried to drive both of his big trucks he used for his business up to the house to use them to reach the attic window, but inexplicably, neither of them would start. Completely out of options, the family just stood there and watched on in horror as their house burnt down and collapsed in on itself over the course of the next 45 minutes, presumably with the other children still inside. Frustratingly, the fire department was low on manpower because of the war and relied on the firefighters to call each other and assemble themselves. This meant that they didn't get out there until 8am when they could actually get a full team assembled for the fire truck.
1: Alright, so continuing in the endless lies now this Sauter family. You're telling me on one night your ladder went missing your line got cut for your phone your cars both cars couldn't start all in one night you couldn't get up the stairs you looked up there, you were up there at a point but you can't get back up there You ain't got no shoes on. (laughs) All in one night? Like, come on now. In one night?
0: It's really bad luck if it's, you know.
1: It's the worst luck of all time. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make... That's borderline illegal. I would be so... If I was a cop, I'd be like, come on now. Y'all know y'all done fucked up, right? (laughs) Like, don't lie to me, man. Don't lie to... You woken me up during the war to come over here for a lie. (laughs) That does not make any sense. That that sounds like either, either George is not in on it, and his wife just killed the kids, and he just doesn't know, or he's like acting, like overly doing it. Because mm-hmm. come on now, dude. No one has that much shit happen in one day. Like, it all happens. That could be, if it was during the week, you have 10 kids, there's 12 of you in one house, not one of you have a ladder. 12 people in a house, no ladder. <laughs> Some of you live in an attic. That just doesn't make sense. How do you get up to the attic? Is there stairs? I
0: think there were stairs. So you don't think, you think they're behind it? You don't think that some they were attacked or like targeted?
1: Hypothetically, if the stairs go down, what do they do then? You use a fucking ladder to go upstairs to the attic. So come on now. No one has that. So you see, because I would have them. okay, if someone did this, right, if someone broke into this house and did it, was follow her mindset, like the one person who said it. So at midnight they're having a party, right? A wild party. They're all probably half drunk, they're laughing, have a good time. They go, you know what guys, I called a house. It's clo there's some one person there they said that I have the wrong number. I'll show them what the wrong number is. <laughs> so they all get in their cars, find this place. This is back in the day, so you had to find a place. You find the place. No one hears the cars coming. Who is this person who always wakes up randomly under any like <laughs> loud noise. No one. So she doesn't hear a car pull up. Or,
0: or anything in their house. S-
1: or anything in their house. Somehow they get onto her roof to fall down off of the roof. Or they throw something up there to go down off the roof. Including they take a ladder. And uh, during all this they steal a ladder. Then they set the room on. And then the whole house catches on fire and they have driven away by this point while stealing some children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the Michael Jordan of thieveries right there. That just doesn't...
0: It is pretty wild to think if that's really what happened, how nobody noticed.
1: That just don't sound... And they have neighbors too. So that really makes it not make sense. Yes, they do. Because you're telling a neighbor they hear some shit going on next door? (laughs) How nosy neighbors are? Like they didn't hear... A crash happened and they didn't go like oh what the hell's going over there at the solder house like <laughs> nothing happened come on man well come on. you're going to jail george
0: by the time the firefighters got there one of whom was jenny's brother they arrived to the ashes that had fallen into the basement of the incinerated home they began searching the rubble for remains but after two hours they told the family they had found nothing and decided to pause their search which has been considered poor by modern standards and continued later since it was on Christmas. In actuality, it is alleged that the firefighters did find some bone fragments and pieces of internal organs but decided to keep it a secret from the family. The chief of the fire department said the children had died in the fire, believing that it was hot enough to burn their bodies completely. The chief told the solders not to touch any of the debris because the fire marshal's office would be out soon to do a more thorough search. Four days later though, The family had heard nothing, so George bulldozed the rubble with dirt so they could begin to move on. The local coroner formed an inquest, which is a judicial inquiry held to determine a person's cause of death conducted by a judge, jury, or government official. In this case, it was conducted by a jury who found that the fire was an accident caused by faulty wiring. On December 30th, death certificates were issued for the five missing children, and on January 2nd, a funeral for the children was held, which George and Jenny did not attend because they were too overcome with grief.
1: So this just adds a different dimension of now I know you lying. So you're telling me you wake up, you go call the fire department. Why don't you just call your fucking brother? Who's a part of the fire department?
0: Well, I think the thing is, well, I guess, first of all, Marion called from a neighbor's house. So maybe she just didn't know his number. Whatever you want to say about that. And secondly, they talked about how you the Chief they contacted the Chief like first, I think, like I think he got the first call, but the problem was that he didn't know how to drive the fire truck, and so they needed like a full crew to get on the fire truck, and he couldn't drive it, and so then you rely on like word of mouth on Christmas to like contact enough firemen over time to form enough people to ride on the fire truck or drive the fire truck even. To the Solder House. At this point, they're showing up at 8 a.m. You heard the house is on fire. You know you're in store for. I mean, there's no chance. It's it's still it's over. Yeah,
1: yeah. Everyone's dead at that point. That doesn't add. Like I just I don't understand the idea. First off, she would know her uncle. Like this is back in the day. You had to know numbers. You knew numbers that mattered. Unless this is like an uncle or a brother that she's just not close to.
0: Yeah, I don't know. know. Like
1: she doesn't. They don't really know each other like that, but enough for him to show up for a fire. It just—it's to me. And on Christmas, come on now, the neighbors would have at least seen the fire started. They would have saw it started enough to go like, "Is there, is there a fire started over there?" Mm-hmm. To do so, it's Christmas. People are not going to bed this early on Christmas. Like this is Christmas, dude. It just—and then for them to, uh, first off, I don't think they were like driven, like grieved enough. This is why I know they also are lying because they didn't go to the the funeral because they were like too heartbroken. I think they didn't go to the funeral because they knew if they went to that funeral, someone could tell. Oh, really? Someone would have been in there and be like, "Mm, I can smell it.
0: (laughs) What do you think about the decision um, first to pause their search? They say, don't touch anything. We're going to come back and do a more thorough search. They don't hear anything. So George bulldozes it with dirt. What do you think about that sequence of events?
1: George is covering his tracks.
0: I guess under your theory, right now, that would that is really guilty looking.
1: Like, come on now! If you were looking for your kid,
0: you're not bulldozing that area. I'm curious if you're going to change your tune because I think that they do appear. The story goes that they do appear more dedicated to, to finding answers uh so are the ramses i will say in so many of these investigations it always feels like the police get there or the in this case the fire the firemen and then they do like the absolute shittiest possible job and so then the whole thing is messed up forever
1: yep and then it always ends up oh someone randomly was a part of it like oh her brothers a fireman. what well, yeah. do you don't say like it just it, it always is like one of those things where like a normal person just would be just open and shut bam so what are we having for breakfast today? Like, it's just like, it's one of those ones. But whenever it's one of these old school back in the day ones, they just always go like, I don't know what happened. Like We just, we somehow lost all the files to the court case. I don't know. Just, <laughs> the the room caught on fire. Like it's just the most random shit happens. It's so stupid.
0: Pretty quickly, the Sodders began to question the official account and thinking about the strange things that had happened previously, that now seemed downright suspicious. Just two months prior, A life insurance salesman had come to their home, and when George turned him down, the man warned them that their home would burn down and his children would be killed because of his remarks about Mussolini. Later, another person came by looking to work with George, and while he was there, he wandered around the back of the house and warned George that the fuse boxes might cause a fire someday. At the time, this had just confused George because he had just had the house rewired when they installed their new electric stove, and the electric company deemed everything to be perfectly safe. Perhaps most suspiciously, though, John and George Jr. thought of a car that they had noticed parked along the main road through town that had seemed to watch the younger children return home from school in the weeks before the fire.
1: Now, that, th- this is just a case of, they're just trying to do something to throw everybody off the track. <laughs> you tell me a guy showed up, a life insurance guy, shows up and goes, you didn't get this life insurance policy? I'm gonna kill everybody. All your family in this house is gonna die. I bet you wish you had insurance then. Like, what? (laughs) Over Mussolini? Yeah. Come on, dude. Come on. And that's such an oddly specific threat. (laughs) It is. Like, that's the most specific threat of all time. So then another guy comes over the week later, or a few days later, and goes, hey, this fuse box might start a fire.
0: Just let you know. Just saying. You don't have to take this from me. Well, here's my thought too, is that even if, so if we assume that they're innocent, I feel like the first guy comes and's like, I'm going to burn down your house and kill your kids. I'd be like, yeah, 911, you got to come take care of this. Yeah. You- <laughs> and then immediately, you know, a couple of weeks later, you know, at a later point, someone goes, hey, I think your house is going to burn down. I'm like, all right, hold the phone. Yeah. Hey,
1: <laughs> look. One time, shame on, shame on me. Fool me twice, you can't fool me again. That's one <laughs> of those George Bush told us that one thing.
0: There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. That says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If you fool me, we can't get fooled again.
1: Come on. Uh, that was a lot. Like two things in a row happened. Once, the first time I'm like, I'm going to call the cops, say, hey, just remember this man? He, I guarantee he gave a card. Right. He had to. He had to because he was trying to make a deal with you. And then you're telling me, another guy tells you that the house is going to bur- burn down. He's like, it's going to burn down. Just let you know.
0: And then they're like, anything else happened strange? And then the older brothers are like, well, you know, there was this car that was parked along the street and they seemed to be watching the kids for like several weeks. I'd be like, you didn't think to tell us that? At no point. Come on,
1: <laughs> come on! It's just, and at that point, I'm not even gonna lie to. I'm moving out. This is the old days. You'd be able to pack a house up and going at night. <laughs> I would. I would have disappeared, dude. There's no way I'm staying in the area. First off, why are you? Uh, that's different. I'm not gonna get into why were you so extreme about a statement in an area that it clearly is not. Okay with you being extreme about this statement, right? You should just kept that to your chest about old oh, Benito. Right. But <laughs> two, like, why would he just leave? Or did he tell his wife? Like, does his wife no I don't hey, know. Yeah, like, hey, honey, by the way, like, a guy says he's gonna come and burn our house down. So if you hear any sounds, and then when the cops came, that should be the first thing you said. You should have immediately said. Someone said they were going to burn our house down and kill our kids a week ago. And now my house is burned down and killed my kids. <laughs> Open and shut case. Find this man. Easy. Right. This should be over. This just doesn't sound right at no part. I don't care how grief stricken you are. If a killer, if a person said, I'm going to shoot you, and then you get shot a week later.
0: I don't know. Who did it? I know they really said that, but I guess I don't know if it was ever like could be corroborated or anything. Because I guess that's. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Like if you did something bad and you're like, we gotta make sure we're not found guilty, you start to be like, Well now that you mention it, somebody said they were gonna do this exact crime. Uh they were stalking our kids. Uh they said that it looked like the house could burn down very easily. That's too exact too.
1: Like that's the most exact thing ever. For someone to say, I'm gonna your house is gonna burn the fuck down and I'm gonna kill your kids in it. Just for your kids to then do it. Like, come on, dude that just sounds like he's covering up for himself that doesn't make any sense that makes zero sense to sound like everyone's a part of it they're going to jail
0: then they started finding certain parts of the official account of the night of the fire to not add up the inquest said the fire was a result of faulty electrical wiring but their christmas lights had stayed on for quite a while even as the fire began raging the missing ladder that they scrambled to locate was found down at the bottom of a hill 75 feet from the house. And when it came time to replace the telephone lines that they assumed had burned during the fire and thus created that initial barrier of communication for them, the repairman told them they had not been burned through, but had instead been cut by someone who would have had to make a treacherous climb up there to do so. Connected to this, a man who had been spotted stealing a block and tackle from the Sodders around the time of the fire was arrested and subsequently confessed to cutting the phone line because he thought it was the power line. But even stranger, there's no record of the suspect's identification and no reasonable explanation for why he would want to cut the power to steal this equipment. Furthermore, not every odd occurrence in the night seemed inexplicable. Some speculate that the thief may have also tampered with the trucks, but others have suggested that the panic solders may have accidentally flooded the engines. And as for the mysterious woman who called in the middle of the night, police would apparently track her down and confirm that it was in fact a wrong number.
1: That... It all so that falls to the thing I told you at first. That means a guy had to show up to the house, grab the ladder, cut the line, climb down from the ladder. When he saw the lights didn't go off in the house, he was like, Well, shit, I guess I cut the wrong line. Like, at no point he didn't change his mind and go, Well, let me go back and cut again. Or did he go, oh, I'm not going back up there. Yeah, cause then he threw the ladder down the hill. It's
0: also not even like the lights in the house are off. So you would be like, well, I think I cut the right line, but I can't really tell. Jenny specifically said that when she went down there at like after midnight, that the lights were still on. So you would be able to look yeah. and see the Christmas lights and the lights in the house are on and be like, well, I cut the wrong one. Yeah, and then you'd be like, well, let me go. So either this is the laziest thief of all time
1: who just said, I'm not going to go back up there to cut the lights off again. Or one of the solders did it, and he's just stupid enough and cut the wrong, like, maybe George cut the wrong light. Like, maybe he thought he was cutting the light, and he cut the wrong thing off, and that's why he was sleeping heavily. Oh. But it was just too late at that point. He threw the the fucking ladder down the hill. Also, he just threw the ladder down the hill? Like, he didn't throw it, like, you should have got rid of that ladder. Like it should have just went. Oh, it's down there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, come on now. Then I'll know where. Oh, he plugged the engine. Come on. So Jenny, come
0: Jenny on. thinks her story was that she believes that they cut, They were trying to cut the power to, uh, because if the power had been cut, it would have been too dark in their house for them to be able to uh, navigate their way out. That's her story.
1: So, why didn't they just go back and cut the lights then?
0: Because my thought is that cutting the telephone line, even if it's you don't want to get caught, makes just as much sense because then they can't call 911 right away. It buys you time. So, for him yeah. to be like, no, no, I meant to cut the power line, not the phone line, that's really weird to me as well. Exa- and who do they find that would just agree to that statement? I don't. Also, a block and tackle is like this big pulley system. That he pro- presumably used for his trucking business. So why would someone on Christmas Eve. Be like. now's the perfect time to steal this really weird piece of machinery.
1: Yeah. On Christmas Eve when you know they're all at the house. Yeah. Every light's on. You know they're in there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go. You know what. I'm going to steal this this very difficult machine. And I'm going to cut the phone lines. Not the lights. But the phone line. Because then the only way they can make it make sense is. They cut the phone lines so they wouldn't think anything went wrong. Because you won't notice if your lines are cut because your lights are still on. Yeah. And even then, it doesn't make any sense for you to just throw the ladder down the line because you're going to get caught anyway because you just didn't get rid of the ladder. The ladder's like right there. And I don't know if why he was ever
0: found to be guilty of using the ladder no. or if that was totally separate because that didn't come up. And what I saw, but I guess this guy's kind of an elusive figure, anyways, because they don't even know who he really was or his motivations or anything.
1: Yeah. And he got rid of it anyway. So it doesn't matter. Like, he, they lost all the shit about it. So they don't know who it was. We don't know who the guy's name or anything. Mm-hmm. So it just, it, none of it adds up. It, it just, it would be the most lazy house thief of all time or the Grinch Stole Christmas. Like, those are your <laughs> only two options.
0: You might be onto something there.
1: I'm just saying, if if it ain't Jim Carrey sliding down that chimney to steal some shit, it just doesn't make sense. Because only he would be dumb enough to do it with the lights on.
0: Then comes the problems with the burnt remains. If the claims that the firemen had hid the truth about finding bones and organs in the debris are true, then all of this can be put to bed. However, since the Sodders did not know this, they began to become increasingly skeptical that the fire would leave nothing behind particularly because they could look down into the ash and see remnants of their appliances and their roof. Jenny remembered reading a story in the newspaper about a tragic house fire that had killed an entire family and remains of all seven family members were able to be located. Grappling with this inconsistency, Jenny called their local crematorium and found out that it would take consistent temperatures well over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit for two hours to completely destroy bones both a temperature and a time that did not match what had happened to their home.
1: Also, like, borderline impossible to recreate in the house.
0: Yeah. Like, that,
1: it would be pretty hard to get a house to burn to the point that somebody is going to just completely disappear where you see nothing of them.
0: Yeah, because we know, for starters, that there's just, like, an inconceivably high temperature for this. But we also know that it burned, that, I guess, you have to rely on maybe neighbors and their own testimony that it burned down completely in like 45 minutes. So if you need that temperature for two hours, that just wasn't there.
1: Yeah, and plus, you would still find a body if it burned down in that much time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess you wouldn't because he just went over and dumped all the fucking, what was that, he dumped mud over it again? Both he covered th- it right th- up? both it with dirt. Yep, and covered her right back up. So I mean, right now, man, if I was a cop, I say this was pretty open and close to me. I gotta I think I'm gonna get a raise, Me personally. George, <laughs> you're going to jail. Your wife might too, but George is definitely going to jail Cause this doesn't at up. I think she part of me doesn't think she knew about it. The wife. She's asking questions. Like the wife is asking the right questions, but at the same time. Her actions before it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know, man. You just, you feel your wife get off the bed. She goes to look down and all that. Like, it just, none of it. George has several parts in this story. It just sounds like he committed a crime. (laughs) It's not adding up, man. It's not, unless they had somebody at the cops that like did this for them and this is like a big government conspiracy. Like, it's just not adding up.
0: But as the seasons began to change and the solders got to work on turning the site of the fire into a memorial garden for the lost children, new evidence began to come to light. First, a bus driver driving through Fayetteville late that night claims he saw people throwing balls of fire at the house. And perhaps lending some credence to this claim, once the snow had begun melting, Sylvia found a small, hard, dark green rubber object nearby. The family, steadfast in their belief that the fire started on the roof, believe that the object resembled some sort of incendiary device. And then come the sightings. A neighbor who came out of her house to watch the fire from the road claims she saw the missing children looking out the window of a car that drove away. Another woman claims she served the children breakfast at a nearby rest stop the next morning.
1: Look at these clout demons.
0: Well, so there are some that come out of the woodwork later that I didn't even include in here, but these are people that claim to be have seen them before, I believe before, Photos of them would have been released or anything like that. But it's still possible that they were like
1: I don't know, dude, that doesn't sound right. You saw them in a car driving away. And he didn't say to the parents, I saw your kids in a car driving away until the cops came.
0: Maybe she did, I guess we don't know. The
1: incendiaries could kind of give credence to the thing that rolled off the top of the roof. Mm -hmm. but at the same time then you would have saw a fire on the ground so that doesn't make sense either because it would have rolled off and it would have still been on fire because it was in fire right once it hits the ground it's not going to just stop being on fire so yeah i that's not helping the lady who says she served him at the diner the next day did you though
0: she also said she saw a car in the parking lot that had florida license plates and i don't know how that was Valuable.
1: <laughs> also, who would want to kidnap four kids? No, no, no. Fuck that. Rewind it then. That just was rewind this back. I'll tell you why this makes no sense. Okay. You're telling me person cuts the phone line. Okay, they get a letter. Cut the phone line right so that shit doesn't happen. They walk into the house. They go upstairs. Go up into the attic. Grab the four kids leave the attic, walk outside the house, go out the front door, and then set the house on fire. That is what would have had to happen mm-hmm. in order for this story to make sense.
0: There's so, technically the the missing kids were all downstairs at one point. So they may not have had to go up the attic if this is the story. But he said he went up, did he say he saw them when he went up there? I think he said initially in his story that he changed, said never happened. He said that he went up there and there was nobody up there. And then he changed okay. and and then he changed it and said he just called up there and didn't hear anything.
1: Okay, so then that means that he would have to walk through the front door and collect four kids. It's four of them, right?
0: It's five of them.
1: He would have to collect five children and have them not yell or anything right? with no sounds. And put them outside in a car. And apparently and Jenny proceed- wakes up
0: at everything.
1: Yes, when well, Jenny wakes up at everything. And then proceed to throw these projectiles onto a roof to set the roof on fire. And then for the fuse to then blow and then set the entire house on fire. Yeah. While the person watched this across the street happen.
0: Well, she... I, I assume... I guess you would have had to get there pretty early, or the car would have had to stick around. Which maybe they yeah, stuck the car around would have until it started to like really catch on the fire. But I don't know. It just kind of suspicious.
1: So the kids are sitting in the car, and she's just looking at them like, "Damn, look at those kids, man! They're burning that house down. That shit's crazy. <laughs> like, wh- it makes no sense. That that makes the story even less make sense." <laughs> I would just be like, "What are you doing? Do you want some money? Like, what are we doing here?" Because that makes it. So that at first, then that means I should arrest you because you like kids just get kidnapped and you didn't do anything about it. Are you a part of this lady?
0: Well, let me ask you this. Uh, if you think that um, George or like some of the family are responsible, what is their motivation? I don't think they had life insurance policies out for them, but if let's say f- just for the state of this that they didn't.
1: Well, two things. I'm either going to say it's the city just didn't like them, so the city wanted them to get out of the way. Which you just should have killed all of them. My, This is my reasoning. There's 10 kids. Gotta cut half of them.
0: Just too many. That's it.
1: Shit was going up. Shit was getting more and more expensive. It's wartime. Money is tight. There's jobs. There's only enough jobs for one man. You gotta feed 10 kids. How about instead of feeding 10 kids...
0: You feed five. I have like a, I have like a, a, a side p- possible speculative theory. Yeah. So John is the one that initially said that he goes upstairs. He's also the oldest. He was in the war. He uh, Also later on when they're all like uh, tra- asking questions and people are asking them about it. He's the only one that is like, I don't want to talk about it. I believe they died. He's the only one. I think there's a chance that he is involved in this somehow or he saw something or something like that. And so he is trying to like cover it up and put it put it aside because he knows or knew something.
1: Yeah, if you, I would believe that because times were getting tough, they said, let's cut off the five, these five and just move on because we can't afford it right now. Or, or, That would then tell me unless you were saying that he took those kids and then John just left with them. Because that would be the only way that you could convince me that five kids gotten into a car without freaking out.
0: Let me pitch two the oldest brother said. Let me pitch two ideas to you. So one of them would be maybe that John killed them for some reason. I don't know. Maybe he snapped or something. He was in the Mm -hmm. war, so maybe he had like some psychological trauma to some extent and freaked out. That's completely speculative. And he killed them. But that since he was the oldest, the parents were like, well, we're going to help you cover this up. Tragically. And so they burn their house down and do all this other stuff that doesn't make sense to try to cover up their tracks for John. Second thought is that somebody did break in or enter the house and John was there and they maybe they had weapons or something and they were like, don't say anything to anybody or I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill everybody else here. We're just going to take these ones. And he's like, I guess that's better than all of us dying. Option
1: one sounds more pleasable in those two situations. Because option two would require him to just be the most cold person of all time. Because you would watch your parents freak out knowing that you knew what happened to them. Yeah. Option one semi makes sense. But then I still couldn't justify why he would do it, and then it will also still make the lady in the car like be even more like, "What are you talking about?"
0: Yeah, there's no motivation. I think is the problem. Is that for the kids? I guess the motivation would only be (laughs) if they had too many kids and they decided for some reason right now was the time to kill all of them.
1: Yeah, I well, or half of them for me. The the reason why I say it, it, it makes sense that it's like a George or something is because it's like. If times are hard and stuff, and you're like, you're probably sick of feeding, like, fucking, what if it's even nine kids, including your wife? Because I don't know if his wife worked. It's the 19, whatever's. It's the olden days. Women working. (laughs) What? But the fact that you think that then, like, you might feel like, all right, I, I have to get rid of these kids, but I need to find a way to do it that makes sense. But it's just the person added in that they saw the kids in the car just completely makes where only if John threw them in a car and just drove off with them would make it make sense. But even then, it's like, what are you going to do with these five kids? Are you just going to throw them up for adoption or some shit somewhere? Like, just give to someone else? But right now, it's just like an endless string of like, I can see your first one, though, like John did something, because then it just adds on to like, why would they... Like, that's why they came up with the lie of someone saying, like, I'm going to burn the house down and kill your kids. Like, that's why they were Ali-specific. But I think, all in all, I think one of the Sodders did it. Like, I think we uh, everybody could agree as a cl- as a group in a courtroom that one of the Sodders did it. Pick one. Well, that's I do, all I got to say. I do
0: say. have a counterpoint about the motive. Because... Technically, I don't know if money would have been a concern because John did own his own trucking business that was doing pretty well. I think they were probably still middle class, but they were probably solidly middle class. But even
1: ten kids were middle class. Being ten kids middle class, and plus also adding to it another another like one for me another motive. Maybe he just didn't like the fucking kids. <laughs> like it's it's realistic. Like some dudes, some parents just reach a breaking point. Like we hear about parents all the time reaching a breaking point, where they're just like, "I'm gonna get rid of these kids."
0: It's too much. Like it's
1: a real life thing that happens. Yeah. And you're telling me like a man who owns like a trunky company and all that, like especially wouldn't go to the police after someone threatened his house. Like what is like? It just doesn't make sense. I think he reached his breaking point, or he got sick of paying for these kids, and something happened to him.
0: With so many questions, the Sodders felt like they couldn't rest and fully move on until they got some answers. So they hired a private investigator to look into their case. The PI from a nearby town, C.C. Tinsley, found out a couple of really shocking things. That guy who had threatened George and his family over his comments about Mussolini, well, he served on the coroner's jury and thus played a major role in ruling the fire an accident. He also finally informed the Sodders that despite them being initially told that no remains were found, The word was that the remains had actually been found by the firemen and were buried in secret. And what initially started as rumors was confirmed to George by a local minister who the fire chief had confessed to. With this information George and the PI confronted the fire chief who agreed to show them the location of the secret burial. They dug up the box and brought it to a funeral director who delivered some really shocking news. This organ was not from any of the missing children. It wasn't even from a human. It was fresh beef liver that had never seen fire. Then, confronted with this information, the fire chief admitted, once and for all, that he had planted the organ there in the hope that it would provide some closure for the Sodders and help them move on. <laughs> this is like a wild, wild story right here. That's just a whole episode in <laughs> of itself.
1: But, but why? What, what was that going to do? I, like, you thought they were gonna find the remains and then nothing was gonna, like, they weren't gonna go like, they were gonna be like, oh, we found the remains. Oh, we found a liver Thank God. Like, what?
0: I guess. They must have thought and like the, if you see it, you're gonna be like, alright, I guess that's that. We're done looking.
1: <laughs> like, and then the guy who threatened the house was like, serves on the corner committee, like, it just like, That one's
0: up. really weird to me.
1: That one makes no sense. Like, what do you mean? And why would he admit to that if he served on the committee? And how is he? That just seems like that's not like a a smart thing for like a. There's a bias there for a guy who's like, that'd be like if the coroner also owned a morgue (laughs) and also owned a life insurance company. Like, that's just like, that doesn't make sense. For you to have, like, at that point, you just sound like Dexter. Like, it sounds like you're killing these people, to then keep business going. Like, that just doesn't make sense. That's why we have like a clear separation between the two. It is weird, but they didn't
0: know he was on the jury until afterwards. So I guess he they couldn't have been like, oh, that was actually the guy, that threatened us. I guess that's my assumption.
1: He's on the jury.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't like a public thing.
1: The family would have been there.
0: I don't know if they, would, they were. I think it might have been like a closed doors type of jury thing. I don't I, think it was like a trial, I guess is my point. I think it was like they formed like a group, like a, more like a committee to be like, let's figure out what happened here. I could be wrong.
1: I still think like somebody would have been there. Like, I feel like when well this is on a way larger scale but I feel like when Kennedy got shot I feel like Jackie was at some of these meetings like I, I, I just it just doesn't feel right that like a person this close to the situation if you're talking about the family stuff that they wouldn't be there mm-hmm. like it just makes sense for them to be there and then they'll go you son of a bitch you threatened me a week ago like
0: because I would think and they it, would want their like personal testimonies of the night yeah to
1: to say this is what happened, right. you're telling me you didn't look over and say that guy looks familiar. Yeah, and then why would the why would he confess it? First off, father's not opposed to admit anything that he's been confessed to. That's fucked up. You broke your code. <laughs> but two, like I'm just not pick, I'm not understanding the the leaps in logic to then go bury something into like a ground and then have them basically play detective and find it just for you to go. I thought that would make you feel better if you found it afterwards.
0: It does feel like if that's what he wanted, then why didn't he just go like, I think now is the right time to tell you. We actually did find some stuff that night. We just didn't want to tell you because we thought it'd be too hard to handle. And so we buried it like in the cemetery or whatever, or we burned it later. And uh, we just... That was the story. Because then there's no evidence to even... It is weird that he was like... He was like playing a game with them.
1: Yeah, like we buried it and we buried it here. Like if they would have just been like... Yeah, we did it. We put it away. We burned it. Like you said, we burned it. There's nothing left. Even if he would have gave them some fucking fake ashes. Right. That would have been better. That would have been more... Like, okay, they at least have ashes to be like, okay, these are our kids. There's a better chance they believe that than, like, here's the remains. Here's a liver.
0: <laughs> One whole liver.
1: Yeah. Oh. They, like, they take it. Like, come on now. You think they're not going to go and be like, can you look at this? See if this is my child?
0: <laughs> Imagine that you're, this, this happened to you and you open up the box and it's just, like, a flank steak in there. And you're like, hold up. <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure that that's not...
1: He's going, my brother, this is a New York strip. <laughs> yeah. what, am I, what am I going to do with this? Besides cooking on a grill. What, also, what happened to it after that?
0: I honestly don't know.
1: They cooked that bitch. <laughs> that's a meal. They're like, somewhere. it's not human? All right. <laughs> hey, I can cook it. And that just doesn't make any sense. and That just... First off, if they didn't leave this town at the end of this, if you didn't tell me, if you tell me that they still remained in this town, they are the dumbest people of all time. Because clearly, if this is the case, everybody in that town strongly dislikes you enough to play games with you mm-hmm. to make like this is fucking seven. Everybody to send you going around town. <laughs>
0: They're all big Mussolini people. You're like the only one oh yeah. That are like we're gonna make your life a living hell.
1: Like, no what's in the fucking box? <laughs> 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 a like like, I don't know, man. It just, it makes no sense why they chose this specific family because he was that much against Mussolini that they're like, we're just going to ruin their lives.
0: But George really couldn't move on and made some drastic decisions. At one point, he saw a picture of young ballet dancers in New York City and became convinced that one of them was his missing daughter, Betty. He drove over 12 hours to the school and demanded to see the girl, but was refused by her parents. He contacted the FBI pleading for them to investigate his case, but was denied personally by FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. In the late summer of 1949, George managed to convince a pathologist to supervise a new search through the dirt at the site of the fire. This search, the most thorough yet, did turn up several items, including bone fragments found to be human vertebrae. These vertebrae were sent to a specialist that confirmed their nature and was able to identify that they all came from the same person. However, the specialist also identified the age of the person to be 16 to 22 years old, which none of the missing children were. Although the report said that it was possible that they could have belonged to Maurice, who at 14 years old was the oldest, it was highly unlikely. The specialist also claimed that the bones had not been exposed to flame and agreed with the opinion that the full skeletons of the missing children should have been found given the nature and length of the fire.
1: Did they kill another kid?
0: There seems to be somebody else's bones in the rubble.
1: I think he just made another case for you, buddy. going (laughs) to jail. I, uh, first off, I want to know, you have to, I can't picture how bad it is for J. Edgar Huber himself to take time out of being a racist to say, (laughs) hey guys, can you stop talking to me about this? It it wasn't them, okay? Get over it. Move on. Leave me alone. That's hilarious. But
0: also, how did it get that high? That's like really a high level to get to. I think he must have written a letter directly to him. And J. Edgar Hoover wrote a letter directly back and was basically like, we're not going to do anything if local law enforcement finds something and they feel like we can investigate or we they want us to investigate or whatever. We will help, but right now, there's not really anything we're going to do.
1: Dude, an intern wrote that letter back.
0: <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover did not see that that's, letter. No, that's enough, probably truthful.
1: Enough for him to stop, like, take his time out of... He was so dedicated to being a racist. Like, he, there's no chance he stopped to do that. I mean, come on. And like I said, he's my favorite mixed man of all time. <laughs> One of my faves, but... It just doesn't add up. And yeah, I just think I walk away from this thing and like, okay, now we just have another court case to open against you because where did this extra body come from?
0: Because the bone fragments probably didn't belong to the children, their source becomes a lot harder to explain. It is speculated that they likely came from the dirt used to bulldoze the site, which allegedly was sourced from a cemetery. If that is true, that the dirt came from a cemetery, The reason why this dirt was used, how it got to the home, and whose bones they are remain a mystery.
1: Why did he go to it First off, dialing it all the way back to the start, you fucking put the dirt in! George, you did it! Like, you did that! If you would have just left it alone, they could have actually used it to look at something. You put the dirt in. Why would you go to a cemetery and put this dirt in? That's...
0: See, that's everyone doesn't know... I couldn't find any answers at the very least for why, for why, if the dirt came from that cemetery, why it came from that cemetery.
1: He just sounds like, and then I didn't say it in the last part, but thank God that he didn't. They didn't let him around that girl because he would have murdered that child. Like, <laughs> like, he was too wild, dude. I th- I feel like he's like. I don't know, because now I'm wondering, like, one of them had to do it. I'm still, one of the, I think one of the Sodders did it. And I might be more sold on it being the son now. But somebody did it. Like, these kids were murdered. That's all I do know.
0: Even more strangely, uh, with this, like, random set of vertebrae they found, they actually, once they were, like, they did this, the pathologist did this investigation, they just, like, sent him back to the Sodders, and their location is kind of, like, MIA now.
1: That's so weird, dude. This is such a... Like, it doesn't feel normal, man. It doesn't feel right. None of this feels right. This just feels like a a group of... They're all bad people.
0: Well, so the thing, too, is like, okay, if we say that the pathologist was wrong, these were burnt bones, and also they did come from Maurice, the oldest of the missing children, they're, they didn't find anything from the other four. Yeah, that's weird. Like they just burnt. Well, I guess so. That's why the only one
1: that makes sense right now, the only one that I can give some credence to, is if John got rid of them. Mm-hmm. But even then, it'd be like because, for why? Because then that would make sense of like how the lady saw them leave. That would make sense how how the kids got in the car without making any noises that would make a little bit of sense of how the lady went and saw them at the diner the next day. That's the only thing that makes some sense
0: like or, or even if John was involved with somebody, maybe he was played a bigger role, and yeah he maybe if he didn't kill them directly, he like went out there and was like, "Hey, guys come here," and then he brought them downstairs and was like, "All right, you're gonna go with these people or whatever." Because then they wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, they wouldn't put up a fight. Because they'd be like, "All oh, right, it's our older brother, John. I guess we'll do what he says."
1: Yeah, they said, "Oh, well, mom and dad said like you guys should go with this or something." So I the I'll either go. It's down to two people in my eyes. It's either John or George, but it's a solder nonetheless. Like I, I can't picture the rest of the people. I just think either the town knows that it was one of those two? Or like the towns just already didn't like them, so they saw the opportunity to fuck with them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They're like, we already don't like you, and now we have a reason not to like you like even more. Now we can actually mess with you. And if they did, because I would take, this is like I'll take the, the morally good route. This is like the morally good. If John saw, hypothetically say a person did threaten their house, if John said, alright, I'm going to do something that I know my dad's not going to do, and I'm going to get the kids out of here. I'm going to send them away because I know that they're too young enough to actually be a part of like stopping if something goes wrong. So I'm going to get them out of here, and I'll deal with my dad and all his crazy stuff by myself. Which is why if secretly he just hid the kids and like sent them away, maybe that's why he's all like, they died. Like, Let it go, dad. It's over. Mm-hmm. that's the only and that would be like to me the if i'm saying that john's a hero because he saw where like what could have happened but even then like it doesn't make sense because at some point he would have just been like all right dad i hid these kids by
0: the way the mystery really began to ramp up though and reach national attention west virginia state legislature held multiple hearings on the case but ultimately but ultimately closed it, and the FBI would eventually decide it had jurisdiction to investigate the case as interstate kidnapping, but would also drop the case without any further findings. Still, the Sodders never gave up hope. They printed missing flyers, promised reward money, put up a billboard, and followed numerous fruitless leads. Theories began to swirl that the Sicilian Mafia were trying to extort George, and they were responsible for the fire. This theory poses that they may have taken the children from the home that night, and later even back to Italy, and any silence from the children may have been deliberate to protect the surviving family members. George would die in 1969 and Jenny in 1989 without any answers. The remaining Sodder children, minus John, their kids and grandkids, have continued searching.
1: Okay, so... I love minus John. That's funny. Uh Because he probably knows where they are. Yeah. But... The Sicilian mob, they didn't kill the kids then because that doesn't make any sense because there's always been like no women, no children. Like that's their whole credence at the time. So if you're telling me that they told George, okay, or they told John, I'm going to get rid of the kids and uh, shut up before you get whacked, then I guess it makes sense. But even then, it's just like, I don't understand. None of it really makes sense. I love how they then had to, like, J. Edgar Hoover personally said, I'm not involved in this, and then he had to get involved in it. That probably sucked for him at the time. <laughs> guarantee that. I guarantee what happened was the intern told him, like, he's like, what am I hearing about this solder stuff that they want me to deal with? And he's like, oh, yeah, sir, you got a whole letter about it a few weeks ago. What the fuck? Like, he probably was pretty upset about that. I, I know he didn't see that. I know he did not care about that until they, like, made him actually look at it. He had bigger racial issues to deal with.
0: But um, So I want to throw one more, like, little piece of the thing that could maybe connect to the Sicilian mafia, which is okay. about George's youth and how he came to America. So he immigrated to um, America, like I said, in the early 1900s when he was just a young boy. He was uh, 13 years old um, and he came with his older brother. But as soon as they cleared customs at Ellis Island, his brother turned around and went right back home to Italy. And then for the rest of his life, he would not, George would not ever talk about why he had left Italy.
1: Why did his brother go back?
0: He wouldn't talk about it.
1: Did they ever find his brother? I don't know. That would give credence to where the kids are. But I feel like someone would have, if the kids went to Italy, they definitely would have went to be with their uncle. But I also feel like somebody would have like
0: looked at that. Well, if we go down like, the mafia rabbit hole, maybe George's family was targeted by the mafia when he was in Italy. And so they sent him to America so he could have a new safe life somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually the mafia figures out who George is and his family. And that's when like the whole thing comes in there. They go, like, okay, well we now know you are, you own a successful trucking company. Then they do the extortion for money. That's when John gets involved maybe. And they're like, you better give us the five kids or we're going to kill everybody or whatever. And he's like, I guess I'll give you the kids. And I know you're not going to kill them, but, So that's at least some relief, and so that's why he, like, passes him off or whatever. But they wouldn't want the kids because they wouldn't get any money from it. Like, it's not like
1: they're going to... Unless the mafia took out a life insurance policy on the kids in the house, like, they're not going to get the money back still. They just burned his house down, which...
0: I guess. They're just punishing him. They're just taking him. Maybe maybe George was, like, part of an Italian crime family, and so they're like, these are...
1: He would have got whacked.
0: These are technically he was born Giorgio Sadu.
1: Yeah, so he would have just got whacked at that point. If they really had an issue with George. They would have just. This is back in the day, man. The mob is not like this is their golden age of the mob. They're just gonna whack you. They used to whack each other in restaurants like openly. Mm-hmm. They would have George would have at least got his kneecaps busted. Something would have happened.
0: <laughs> so, what is your like final takeaway? Your thought about what happened, what do you believe happened? If you had to, like, boil Um, it down into, like, one person or one story.
1: If I'm a cop and I'm sitting at the table and I'm looking at all the, the lines connecting to what's happened, I have two options. Option one, George killed all the kids, which doesn't make as much sense. Because then they would have found the bodies somehow, unless he like killed the kids and got rid of the bodies, and then let the house on fire. Or maybe they saw the kids in the car because of George put them in the car while he was like, you know, maybe blowing the house up or something. And then like, or he was doing the shit what he had to do, and then he got rid of the kids and took them to wherever they did, and then he did all of it. Or option two is John took the kids put them in the car, and just sent them away. Whether it be to Italy or wherever he sent them to and got rid of them. And that's why they've never been seen again and why John has never attempted to look for them again. Because he knows where they are, and he knows that they're safe somewhere, and it just doesn't matter. But, like I said, it could have been just George just got rid of all the kids, and he knows... No, because then he wouldn't have been over to the top about it. So I'll remove George. I'm literally going to say that John, John in some way knows what happened to those kids, whether it be be a death or them just being sent away. He knows what happened.
0: I think so. I would would buy that too. One thought maybe is if I was going to like come up with motivation for why they would, the mob, the mafia would take them. Maybe they were like, they're being raised not as proper Italians under... Mussolini hater George and we can't extort any money from him let's take the kids, the young ones and we'll bring them back to Italy and raise them like true Italians.
1: Which would be hilarious. They're like, you're not Italian enough. Right.
0: You hate Mussolini. You're not a real Italian.
1: Yeah, we need these kids to give them a just do. Teach them how to make Nona sauce. (laughs) The right way. Yeah, I'll go with that. I I will say if I had to say a like, case closed on it. I would say John just knows what happened. And they probably took the kids and sent them to Italy because it was very easily just send them right back. And America didn't want them anyway. So, yeah.
0: I think that's probably true. I think that John is probably responsible in some way. But either way, he knows what happened.
1: And I will say, in addition, this is one of those ones where I think maybe not now, but a few more years down the line, we're going to randomly find out about. Cause that's what always happens. Now we do an episode, and we always randomly get the actual solution to what happened. Like with the uh, the what's his name, the one guy who woke up on the beach. Oh, the Summerton man. He had a Summerton man.
0: It does like, feel like it feels if like John, if they got killed uh, that night or whatever, that yeah. it feels like possible that at some point in the future that somebody will randomly dig up or stumble upon, like, some bones and be like, oh, four child-sized skeletons. I wonder what these are.
1: Yep, or you'll, like, randomly find out, like, some kid is related to them. Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. one of them, like, there's a kid who is one of their kids, but they were raised in Italy the whole time. Like, you'll just find out something that way. Like, they they have ancestors or something. So somehow they'll be fine years later doing, like, a 23 a me or something.
0: Yeah, that would be crazy. Like Ancestry DNA twenty three and me something. They're like, You have a living brother or whatever in Italy. I'd be like Well, case closed, I guess.
1: Yeah. And then you go over there and it's just a solder. Yeah. It it makes sense. It's stupid at the end of the day, but also, damn, they lived a long time. Salute to them. To the She lived to the uh or John lived to the or George lived to the sixties and the other one lived didn't she live to like the eighties or something? Eighty nine. Yeah, she saw she was she survived to see Batman eighty nine.
0: Uh Sylvia Sauter, the youngest, she just died a couple of years ago, I think. She I died in twenty twenty-one. Oh wow. She was seventy-nine.
1: Wow. Yeah. So that does make sense why they're still looking for them. Cause I was always like, why would they still be looking for them? Like it's been enough time. But yeah, they probably they probably had grandma consistently say, I miss my siblings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's it's a sad story, but it's just way too many holes to be poked in it for me to believe that the town has something to do with it. It just doesn't make sense. Well, so
0: if you're ruling out the town, what do you think was going on with the fire chief?
1: I think the fire chief was just bad at his job. And I also think part of it is like maybe he's covering for, because the brother does work for the fire chief. That's maybe true. the brother also knows. Like maybe John also told her brother what happened or gave some type of idea that he knows what happened to them. So maybe he's covering for John and the brother who knows like okay this shit happened. This is what happened. Or like I said ultimately he can also just be really bad at his job. Like it seems like most of the people at that time were just not good at their job. Right. Every story we talk about is only because somebody did something really bad at their job. All it took was one close negligence and everything just fell apart.
0: You do have to wonder, like, what the purpose of even having a fire department is if they're not going to get there till eight hours after you make the call.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, if they didn't revamp that entire fire department, it would be a waste of time. Because, it's not even what the point of it is. Why don't you always just have one guy on call?
0: I have no idea.
1: To just go, hey guys, I'm on call. Like. To call everyone, like, shit's going down. And that guy should be
0: the guy that can drive the fire truck.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should also... i You should give a person who used to work in the fire department Yeah, that spot. Because you can't tell me that guy worked in the fire department but doesn't know how to start the car.
0: The fire chief.
1: Yeah, you're the fire chief. Turn the ignition. <laughs> Turn that bitch on. Go. Like, come on, man. It just doesn't make sense. But the other one that it just... I have no understanding of i like no real answer for is the guy who just oh the priest with the liver no answer for that and then the guy who said like it was me who burned the house down but also i'm on the like the whole jury so and no one it's me but now they do right no answer for him i don't know what he had to do with it
0: it's a dumb story nonetheless this is like one of those ones where you're like, I don't have one question. I guess if I had one question, it would be what happened to them. But like for all the mysterious little things that happen, I have like a thousand questions. Okay, if the kids died, what was up with the ladder? If the kids died, what was up with the fire chief? If the kids died, what was up with the thief? You know? Yeah, like literally. This Like one answer wouldn't even be enough. I'd be like, I need to know literally what happened, all of the events for the last like weeks around that house and what happened afterwards.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where like you I wish I could if I had a chronovisor I'd watch everything oh there you go like I'd watch the entire several weeks of like leading up to what happened cause you honestly that's one of the ones where it's like it just none of it makes sense so I wanna know who's lying yeah at some point there's someone in this story who's lying and who is this specifically besides George cause he's clearly lying
0: <laughs> well I think that'll do it for this episode of Conspiracy Club uh, we thank you so much for listening as always and uh, you can feel free to join the club by following us on Instagram at Tom and Amir. do you have any last words to give to the people
1: uh, pay attention to who you put in offices because they might end up being a bad fire chief bye everybody Bye.